The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good takes. But so many poor choices. <laughs> so, this is The Homance Chronicles. I am Sarah. And I'm Nicole. Felt really weird to say that. It's been a minute since we've recorded. It's been a hot minute. Yep. And we're coming back just full blast. <laughs> well, we're not on 10, really, but, you know, we're trying. We really are. We have the energy of a, we have the energy of a 10. <laughs> well, the energy today is not going to necessarily come from us, but from our wonderful guest. Because... Who's got more energy than us combined. Totally Correct. Now. Correct. I love her to that. I, I know. I mean, we had a, a quick little chat the other day and immediately fell in love. So <laughs> we're very excited about this recording. It was, that and... love, it was love at first glance when I broke into Nicole's home, even though she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole this whole planning thing for us doesn't always. What? Has it ever? Yeah, no. Um, but anyway, for today, we have Kate Harvey, who is the author. <laughs> yes, positive vibes only, Kate. Thank you for bringing them. Um, <laughs> who is the author of Believe It and Behave It. Uh, it's her story of recovering from trauma and conquering adversity. Um, you can get her book on like iTunes, Amazon, Audible. And Sarah and I had the pleasure of listening to the audiobook before our discussion with Kate today. So we've got a few things lined up, but first I want to say hi, Kate. Hi guys. Hi Kate. Hi Sarah. Hi Nicole. Hello. Hey. So can I ask you before Please. we start, um, Nicole mentioned traumatic injury. Mm -hmm. What, what are we talking about here? So on February 12th, 2009, while I was retrieving the hat that blew off my head from the wind, stepped back to the crosswalk, I was hit by an ambulance, which is a real thing. That's like a, a slightly smaller ambulance. And that's, a you know, what's so funny is that on the audio book, I was listening to you at like one and a half. And I just thought it was because I was listening to you on fast speed that it was not saying ambulance correctly. <laughs> you, it is, you are fully understood and co-signed for thinking that <laughs> by nature, by nature, I, I talk quickly. No, my sound editor, my engineer had to more than once look through, look at me into the studio and say, slower. <laughs> and, you know, yes. I so, thought you were saying amulet. And I was like, okay, I know what an amulet is, but amulet, does that mean that it's more French? I don't it'd it be wonderful was... jewelry like we know jewelry has powers and if jewelry had the powers to actively do things and if if it had been an amulet that hurt me it would have been ugly and like that wrong color yellow that looks bad on everybody <laughs> so the amulet hit me and i suffered multiple skull fractures and brain contusions and i was in a coma for two and a half weeks and they took out a portion of my skull because there was a lot of pressure on my intracranial part of the brain. There was a subdural hematoma. And so they addressed that by doing what they call a, a frontoparietal temporary, excuse me, temporal craniectomy. 
Okay, never, so for all the hoes out there. You're never going to learn your vowels as much as when you're talking about neurological <laughs> operations, number one. I was going to say. So all of our hoes out here. Done that one down for us. <laughs> so, frontal parietal, the front of your head. And it cracked so hard, they had to do on my head, they had to do what's called a cranioplasty, which means they take out part of your skull. And so bone apparently can be replaced with plastic. So yeah, that's cool. So half my skull is actually someone, this is many she years. She just knocked on her head. She just yeah, knocked on her does, head like you guys not, see her. Because <laughs> it does sound different. Well, it does sound different. Happily, it's not like a parlor game. Although several years ago, someone said, yeah, it is someone actually, someone I know, thankfully, tapped my skull, my bone side of the head. And then they tapped the operated side of the head and they said, yeah, it is different. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? seriously. So um, there was excess cerebrospinal fluid in my back. And then they attached what's called a ventriculoperitoneal shunt, which is, if you can imagine, a little device that keeps you at the right rhythm. So I have one of those in the back of the left side of my head. And every year I get it checked to make sure that my neurons are firing as they're supposed to. So after all those surgeries, two different hospitals, I was released from the second one. And when I left, my performance at the time was similar to that of an intellectually disabled person. And my memory ability was below the first percentile. So I was by definition starting at one. So by nature inherently, do you were you able to remember names before your accident? Before I was hurt, the among the things that people might ask me about were would be what was the name of that person from the meeting three weeks ago? Who was the you know best director in 1972 Oscars? And that's the stuff that I would know. I was humbled hard to not remember things like how to scramble eggs and the names of most people ever worked with and how to kind of be in the presence of others and not be all weird. Okay. Better word. So but some of us haven't been through trauma. I still don't know how to do that. And I'm talking about myself. Hi. You're not Same. alone. You're not alone. I mean, We're really doing this podcast because we can't no. afford great therapy. We have an okay <laughs> therapist to be sure of ourselves. I mean, just kidding. I mean, how about the fact that we have a the person that is acting as the president of the United States, you know, talks, you know, nonsense about he may or may not have had a stroke. I mean, as a brain injury survivor, like this guy runs the country. Really? <laughs> I've admitted mine, you know? I mean, it doesn't get me out of anything. Right, yeah. I'm not trying it for terrifying. it, too, but, you know. He would say anything, though, to try to get himself out of anything. anything. <laughs> but so my question that I have for you before we move into anything too deep, this was my question where I was like, I don't know if this is offensive or not, but I really am wondering what this hat looked like that you went chasing <laughs> after. Because I'm I'm a hat wearer. I'm a hat girl. I can see myself 
running after a one of a kind. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So this is so if if I was seated in my bedroom where I bought a coat rack so my hat could be on it cuz I think it's for me as much as I could get those 3M command hooks and put them on the wall and kind of style up my wall so it's all patterned and different textured and you know different size and colors it feels a little magaziney for me to do that so the hat that I was wearing on the day was what a lot of people would like to say was a fedora but it was not a fedora because the fedora has a wider brim than this hat this was what is called a trilby and in fact if if this was a video situation a visual situation i would run to the back get another <laughs> hat, and you could see there is a distinct difference and so to your point nicole had i thought for a moment that i might endanger my life by retrieving my headwear uh i would have let it go because <laughs> and you know and this is the thing, you know, hats are not scarves. Well, as much as scarves are beautiful, and that's a really fun way to bring it <laughs> to your face, bless you. There is something about a hat. And if you have naturally, you know, wavy, reed, frizzy hair like me, and you just can't deal with it or don't want to deal with it, a hat is the trick. <laughs> so it was a trilby. And so somewhere in Brooklyn, there is a very grateful person who has this hat. And you didn't have to go to anything fashion work. So you're telling me, after uh, all the bullshit you went through, you didn't even get the fucking hat? Oh my god, I never thought to inquire. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was my question. Did you get the hat? <laughs> right? I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I know a private investigator. I wonder if I can find, get the police records. I wonder if it can be cycled through and maybe <laughs> be tracked. Oh my God, whoever's listening. If it's in an evidence bag somewhere, I'm that would die. be hilarious. Or in, some, die. or in some sad person's closet that doesn't know anything about the file, but now they can because they have this hat. <laughs> if anyone that is listening to this today works for DOD, <laughs> here's something very useful to do for all the ways we manage drones. A drone that is the size of a microchip to tuck into the things that we love most, whether it's a bracelet a <laughs> or a hat. You'll be serving people with style much good by letting us know how we can actually retrieve these things <laughs> that go astray. <laughs> Public service announcement brought to you on behalf of those with a little bit. That's such a good question. That's such a good question. Oh my gosh. Well, so one of the things that you said multiple times in the book was things don't happen on time. They happen in time. And so Maybe I felt in time like... you'll find your hat. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't stop myself. I'm sorry. I still have the PI's phone number. I need his license from New York. I mean, I'm not sure I can afford him, but it might be worth inquiring. Oh, um, what's his name that plays the revamped Perry Mason? He and um. Oh yeah, that cutie guy. Right, he and um, uh, 
you know, Felicity are married now, and they were in The Americans. Yeah. Carrie Russell. Yeah. Her husband. He's he's British. She was in the movie with um, Bradley Cooper, where he plays the chef. Yeah. I should know this because British people are wonderful, and I don't. Sorry. But he's not Jude Law, or Tom Hardy. So sorry, and or Idris Elba, or any other actors we could name that are British that are great. <laughs> like David Aiello. Let me not go on. So, all right. Sorry, Nicole. So things don't happen. Things don't happen on time. They happen in time. I said this. This came up in conversation a couple of years ago, and someone said, "So is that?" Someone said to me, "So is that your kind of excuse when you don't finish something or you procrastinate it? You got to love where people's questions come from." Sure, what? Fine. I agree. So I said, "No, my, my." coming up with that statement had more to do with learning how to be more patient with myself and trusting that as much as I was trying and screwing up, was I not learning something each time something went sideways or completely obliterated? So the notion of things happening not on time, but in time, is for me a way of, let me use a 50 cent word, extrapolating that we're not maybe ready for something significant to happen, whether That's it's a whole, business yeah. or it's in a relationship or it's in something that we are working on for ourselves that we really want. Iron Man training, you know, a relationship moving forward, writing a book. Right. And I was just wondering, I, re- I really like that saying and I you can apply it I was applying it more to um reaching life goals or thinking you know you're supposed to be like Carrie Bradshaw or something like by the time you're 35 or what you know or be married by a certain time or whatever and I just your heart out Carrie (laughs) (laughs) who has a tv show like the Bradshaw bunch you see that that's not gonna be on E thanks E no we can count on you for Keeping Making us feel spot. shitty about ourselves since 1885. Well, no, Terry Bradshaw, apparently in his second act, post-sports, post-ESPN, he has a show with his wife and children. Oh, my God, you're talking about Terry Bradshaw, the football player. We're talking about Carrie Bradshaw, sex in the city. Oh, Terry yeah. Bradshaw. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I was like, how is there a Bradshaw show on Carrie? She's a fictional character. <laughs> well, well, actually, Candace Bushnell, who who wrote Sex and the City for the, for New York Observer, um, it is the book, which is darker and very different than the TV show. Um, the the stories are primarily about her life and her friends. At least that was what was told me. Because Candace Bushnell, CB, mm-hmm. Karen Shaw, CB. Mm-hmm. Yo, my bad. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, it's hilarious. I was like, oh, there's a whole All crew of Bradshaw and Bradshaw Punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, you know, the recording over uh, any video server, it's hard. <laughs> this isn't easy. Um, but my, my whole point was, like, I would apply, like, I applied that to relationships um, in my thought process because – uh, I, I've been single for, I don't know, four and a half years or something. I'm something like that. Anyway, that I haven't had a serious relationship and thankfully I don't have family that pressures me or anything, but I was like, this is a great way to have a response to someone who does pressure you. It really is. 
think I appreciate you feel that way. I mean, for one thing, if you're trying to be Carrie Bradshaw, you've missed the mile by a lot because the person you really want to be is Samantha, and that's mm. just the fact. Thank that's you. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the lesson there. You, thank you, Kim Cattrall, for making that clear. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's so it's so fascinating how the notion of what I refer to as the linear life somehow finds its place in all generations. You're born, you go to school, you go to school, maybe you serve military, you know, you meet someone, you marry, you work, you have children, and the cycle continues. And that is for the for most people a fairly straight line. There's very little variance from it. There's if there is some right or left turning, people tend to kind of get back to the the forward path. What do you think that we've done, Nicole? Have we deviated or have we just completely jumped ship? <laughs> I quite often say that I take a non-traditional path. That's how I feel. I'm still 23. It works. I don't know. That's how I, I say I take a non-traditional path. That's my go-to line. Um, but since this... Oh, the yeah. thing is this, pardon me, bless you, the thing is this, like, not, who, in terms of what's traditional, you didn't make that, I didn't make that. Right. Ideally, you know, I suppose, by a certain point in life, we will have met the person or people, if one is polyamorous, for example, that one wants to share their life with, whether that's when you're 26 when you're 19, when you're 37, when you're 45 or later. And it's not for lack of trying. I don't there, feel like it's also it's, not for lack of hoping for and, you know, not to borrow from the title of my book, Believing. And for me, having lost my virginity to the first guy I dated seriously and becoming engaged to him and then ending that. I had to cut my teeth on learning about dating after I was hurt. Oh, man, because I'm sorry. So, That's rough. No, well, you know what? And, well, I got out, of school, out of school, how else do we learn unless we're living it? True. Can you imagine, can you imagine trying to recover now? Do you think it would have been different? Yes. In a good or a bad way? in a somewhat more structured way. Do you think that the awareness of mental health now would have played a bigger role in your recovery? I honestly don't know, only because neurological trauma is something that still is not a mystery to people, it's unknown to people. Mm-hmm. And those that have, have had the opportunity and almost the responsibility to speak to it I'm talking about you, NFL team owners, Roger Goodell. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> um, he, I think he's okay. Hopefully. Uh, he is. <laughs> Those that could talk about it, choose, until recently, have been in full denial of it. And for reasons beyond my knowledge, there's so much shame in attached to any kind of recovery, except the recovery that is publicly, nationally, internationally talked about. You know, there was a time when people were alcoholics, they would never reveal that they were in the program. They would not share that they went to meetings. They would certainly not quote any of the 12 steps. Never. 
Same with Narcotics Anonymous. And we also have the a challenge where what people think about trauma and the definition of trauma, it is limited to a lot of people. To them, trauma is um, something related to addiction or something related to a physical attack. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there are two definitions of trauma. And one of them is you undergo something so unnerving that it harms you emotionally, psychologically. There's no, I mean, every single person in this world, even those that lie and say that masks are stupid and they're not worried about it, the entire world since late February this year has been in a traumatic state. Oh, yeah. Right. I've been yeah. the last four years, if I'm being honest, but we'll move on. Yeah, no, since <laughs> January, January 22nd, 2017. Back to <laughs> Matter of fact, I got the date time right here. Back to the matter. Yeah, no, I think that people don't realize that um, trauma is taken with you your whole life as well. And it's passed something on. that Co-signed. Huh? passed on too. Yeah, and passed on. And it, so it's something that you have to actively work on, but you have to admit that it happened first. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're talking about your actual physical injuries, like that's a very clear connection. Right. But then when you were talking about trying to connect with people after your accident, like that's not as clear, but I would say some of those incidents were traumatic. More so than even the actual incident itself, because it's like, you didn't do that to yourself. You didn't do that to yourself. But then those social situations you put yourself in. Yeah. It is for, I appreciate, I'm very grateful that you would, uh, attach the actual experience being traumatic because it is and it's one of the challenges i think one of the i've never said this out loud that i thought it for a while one of the problems i think with the word trauma is that it so closely rhymes with the word drama which (laughs) which we use you know in a negative way in fact my personal email address is kate at manufacturedrama.com so <laughs> my friend and I, it's a term my friend and I came up with when we were advertising. Do you want us to leave that in or? <laughs> I can. I'm not troubled by it. No one's gonna. Even... <laughs> I, I, I get so much junk email about carrying guns and all kinds of things for men because my last name's Harvey that I'm fine to get random email. People be like, I heard you on Home Ants. Let's talk. Mm, that's right. <laughs> Unless they're Scientologists, like, let's sure what could happen. Who knows who's gonna reach out? Or now? hope so. Um, they, for people, one of the, okay, to make the effort to reconnect with people or to make new friends, one thing that I realized was, and it took me a minute to get this though, that my life had completely paused. And how is it? And for a while, I was just so confused. How are people not calling me back? How are they not available to do stuff? How are they not, you know, able and willing to hang and to talk and whatever? Because the rhythm of their lives kept going. Okay, Mm -hmm. there was some consistency and something steady. And so they married and got pregnant and moved and got promoted and changed jobs and all kinds of things. And me, yeah, I'm in two hospitals and trying to kind of, you know, convince the nurses that I should be allowed to step outside the hospital because I was in the same space for a long time and I just wanted to walk around the block 
And so I was successful in, I won't say the word bribe because I'm not sure that's literally what it was, but somehow when, <laughs> you know. Did you give her skincare skin. products too? I'm going ahead and, <laughs> going ahead and so, saying it. She gave him skincare I mean, products. My, my, no, in my kit, <laughs> the day I was hurt, I had makeup with me and I stuff. I wouldn't give you stuff gross. Like I'm not, ugh. <laughs> So, wrong. so I had, you know, different lip glosses and mascaras from, you know, either events or something from work because I've been laid off week, oh, laid off week before I was hurt. So thanks for that. And so some of the nurses and the folks on the floor at the hospital, I mean, they never really let me do it because they made me put on this giant helmet. Like you can't even fathom. Like NASA has not seen something this big. Okay. <laughs> and I have to, picturing and I, my mind is like when the babies have to wear those helmets to shape their head. Have you seen those? Yes. Oh, they're yes. not that big. Those aren't yes. that big, but that's what no. I'm picturing. I was thinking, oh, no, imagine like where your clavicle, but imagine like where your clavicle starts between your shoulder blades and your neck. Like it was like that. Like yeah, the state, pu- like I was the state puss marshmallow man from the neck up. Okay. No joke. And <laughs> someone from that would, could, would have to walk with me. And I couldn't linger and, but you know, they were good people and they knew I wasn't looking to like run to the bank and, you know, make with a shiv I made out of gauze and toothpicks and whatever, like, you know, stuff that you can pick up at the hospital when you're a patient, I'm not sure what you would actually pick up. So a couple of times I did, I did Slipper get socks. property. What'd you say? Slipper socks. <laughs> with, with the little uh, heads on them. You don't fall. Wow. I don't even know if they had them back then. Oh, yeah, they did. I mean, it was a minute ago. So yeah, they did. don't you love how I got to this story from the question you asked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. When it's interesting, what I what I had not realized at the time was a way to approach reconnecting with friends and making new friends was starting from scratch. You know, how are you? What's been going on? And just taking it back to one. I, I, oh. it never would have, it would never have occurred to me. You know, people that I had grown up with or went to school with or had worked with or been in their weddings, it, it would never have occurred to me. And for those of us that expect more of ourselves and hold ourselves to higher expectations than anyone else holds us. I think that's all of us in this room. We are more apt to not do that because it, speaking for me, it could feel weak or sad or pathetic. And how I was incapable of accepting that I was back at one Forgive me, Brian McKnight's going to hear this episode and think I'm quoting a song. I'm not, but it's a very good song of Brian McKnight back at <laughs> one. Um, Brian McKnight oh. ever hears this, I shouldn't be working at the job I have. I need to do something different <laughs> with the entertainment industry. Brian McKnight, so awesome. The 90s just came flooding back. Yes. Video. He was touring last year, though. He's awesome. I actually saw him live. Um, Leave it to Nicole. You want, you want to talk about 90s R&B superstar lover? Yeah. Oh no, we have that in common. Yeah. When you I mean, them. between 112 and Brian McKnight and Jagged Edge. And <laughs> oh my God, Genuine. How about Mark Morrison? 
Oh, I have a signed okay, poster I from Genuine. <laughs> What'd you say? I have a signed poster from Genuine. Yo, he was in a show on E20. He was in a show on Broadway. Genuine, so awesome. And thank goodness for Channing Tatum because happily younger people now know the song Pony. And thank and you should everyone should thank Channing Tatum every day for that. I agree. <laughs> that fucking song is legendary. As it ought to be. And Return of the Mac, Mark Morrison, like, is it an Uber Eats Nicole commercial? Nicole hates that song. Like, she hates that song so much. Oh, I'm so... It is so funny. Every time it comes it... on, she's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not sure whether it's Uber Eats or one of the meal delivery services, but that commercial contains that song. And so I'm grateful for Mark Morrison because I'm sure he's happy for the money. Uh, at the same time, that of all the songs to play when we're talking about, you know, grubbing up with food that we didn't cook ourselves, is that the song that comes to mind? I don't know, not really for me. But <laughs> but people have a lot of feelings so about it. So to be honest with you, maybe that's why it really connects with a certain generation, and people either love it or hate it. That's actually probably a good point. They probably did that whole thing knowing that every fucking person between this age range was going to sing that bitch forever. I, loved, I, I would love to agree with you. And I think we have so much laziness in entertainment and promotions these days that they may have gone on to, what's the app where you can hire a famous person to like do your um your phone jingle? I don't know. But I, don't I don't know. know. Oh, well, I let, me, have let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me share that because celebrities need more money, right? Can Ryan well, Reynolds do a personal zaz, zaz message for me every time a phone rings? Because I'll put this bitch on. I'll put the ringer well, on. I, I bet if you buy, I bet if you buy um the liquor that he now makes, uh, he could you could probably get to him via that. He seems Wait, to be you're talking to... about Brian McKnight's. No, you but you you brought Ryan Reynolds into it, so I'm yeah. trying to support what Ryan Reynolds' gin is nice too. I like it. Nicole's is, uh, is nice. She is a gin a expert. Because there's a cleft there. And you can like <laughs> bang in the cleft. What what is it when you have somebody who's a gin enthusiast? What is that called? I don't know. A but gin enthusiast. A Nicole Bonneville. <laughs> that's what you call that. But um but when you go on Cameo, okay, the Cameo app, you can hire any number of people and there is a range. Okay, I mean, DMC is on there. Flava Flav is on there. Okay, I mean, um, Montel Jordan is on there, Nicole. <laughs> so is Perez Hilton. And, you know, all kinds of people from WWE. Debbie Gibson, okay? Okay, but is 90 Day Fiance on there? Uh, I've, I don't know the names, but um, who else is on there? I mean, what's fascinating is to see, forgive me, God, legit famous people and then famous people that have got their fame by other means the range of prices attached <laughs> to those who are have earned their fame are often basement priced relative to people who just happen to be the right size and the right you know what's what's the word for um the right gaslight for uh becoming <laughs> famous in today's uh media kardashian uh, I imagine <laughs> that Chris would probably not allow them to be on here because the money they would require is, I'm sure, more than these folks are willing to 
put on here. But what's really scary, though, is just see someone who is truly awesome uh, get, you know, this kind of teeny tiny thimble money and someone who has, you know, made their bones on four different Bravo shows. You get you to spend $299 to get what? Let's just find out. I won't name names. I'm just curious as to what you get for $299. I'm not fucking listening to this shit. Call her asses out. Let's hear it. I'm not so to you book. To book one of these people, it's $299, and I'm not sure if you get, I mean, I'll just let you, can you see, can you tell who that is from, um. No. A female. No. Can't really Beth, tell. Bethany who? Oh, Bethany Frankel. Huh. So you can book Bethany Frankel for $299. What is she? And I think that, I think that's a video, like an interaction. She's with from her. Real Housewives of New York, and she has the skinny girl line. Correct. The cocktail line. I, yeah, yeah. She was the one that did. Um, she had a talk show for a minute. Right. Anyway, I'm, we're way off topic. Right. Let's anyway, go back our, around. Our, our, Brian McKnight, you were going to quote him for some no. reason. No, done? she was already quoting him because <laughs> she was basically saying the name of the song over and over. But it's okay. Because I tried to bring it back once and I failed. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, okay, guys, this is where we can interject <coughs> and also bring up other celebrities because you're a fan of Brene Brown. Huge. And I watched a recent uh, documentary that she has on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I follow her Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And I think she's great for giving you like little life tidbits as well. Um, what's the show called? What is what? What's the documentary called? Oh, I don't remember, but you can just search for Brene Brown and you'd find it. Um, anyway, so, you know, I like how realistic she is and a lot of how you function and the way you talk reminds me of her because (laughs) of the authenticity. Thank you. You're welcome. So, you know, you talk a lot about um, needing to ask for what you want, ask for what you need, asking for help. And not o- said than done. Yeah, I would say not only do I connect with you from like, you know, the authenticity standpoint of this is me and, you know, this is who I am. But also from the standpoint of like, it's not the easiest as a single person who's lived alone for a very long time and been independent for my entire adult life to then go, you know what, I, I think I think I need you, mom and dad, right? And you ended up having to go back all the way to Ohio. Sweet so, mother of God. So I would, out of, for, for, so Nicole, had you not said more than once authenticity and reporting <laughs> that to me, which is not incorrect. I must, <laughs> I must, for the sake of accuracy, um, clarify. Yes. Uh, part of my recovery story. Sure. The day before I was released from the hospital, being called into a meeting with the majority of the team that had been working with me, I learned that by New York law, based on the nature of the injuries I had suffered, it was illegal for me to live alone. So for the <laughs> I, I, can you fathom? You know, it's that was a, that that was a humble. Funny. I'm right. So funny. my parents had been in a meeting with this team bef- a little while before I, and my parents 
uh, I was born in New York, moved to Cleveland when I was very little. My brother was born there. And then in 96, my parents moved from Cleveland to Akron. So, or to Midway, almost Akron. So Mm. when the lead neurologist on my case, so to speak, asked me where I lived and, you know, I mean, I, I can, I can call it, I was powered by the injury though. This is me being snarky. He has my papers in front of him and he says, so where do you live? And I, I know I answered him with, do you not have my paperwork in front of you? Yo, <laughs> like who does that? Bitch. Yes, green and yes, bitch. Like really? Okay. But I would have done the same thing. I don't even tell me you have my work in front. Right. I mean, you, you learned to read. And, you learned to read for med school, so I'm sure you could t- you could tell me. You tell me. You know the law better than I do. So. Facts. So I was able to remember my address, which I read, and I said, and he asked if I lived alone. Yes. And then I was told, you know, the whole thing about New York law, and and he said, you know, you have a place to live, and only having learned that I could not live in my apartment, I which had been the renovations I'd been working on continued while I was in the hospital. That's its own separate story when we're, we have like, you know, Genevieve Gorder and stuff on the, on the show. <laughs> or not. Um, or Ty Pennington or someone, or the Wayfair folks. Is he alive and, still? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I feel like he did a bunch of coke and went to jail and we just quit hearing from him. He's not vanilla ice. He is very... <laughs> He's very slender, but I don't no, know. From I'm pretty sure Ty Pennington has an alcohol problem, and he hit a stripper. Like, <laughs> I'm perfectly Please. sure he got in trouble. Wow. All right, audience, you now are doing this while shit. we you guys keep talking. I gotta Google this my is- shit. <laughs> no, I mean Ty Pennington, like house house improvement. So I'm then. Did I have anywhere to go? I said, and I'm still processing that I couldn't live it on my own in my home and I said, not that I can think of. And he said, well, your parents met with us just before you came in and they said you can live at their house. And I know I said this, you know, they live in Ohio. And he said, (laughs) yes. So I would like to think that I would have found the willingness to say to my family, including my brother, yo, I cannot do this on my own. Can I come stay with you for a little bit? I hope I would have done that. I don't know if I would have. And Brene Brown's film that I think you mentioned a moment ago, Nicole, I think is The Call to Courage, I think. That's the one. I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I, if I had a call to courage because what she talks about in that movie, of course, is you have comfort and you have courage. And while I had been so far from comfort, you know, whatever comfort I was gonna make for myself, Probably did not include living at my parents' house, but that's what I did, and well, I'm sure it was the better a better option. Of well, there was another. There was not another option, I guess. It. I oh. mean, listening to your story was uh, quite so unbelievable. Kidding. <laughs> and then not only did you have to live with your parents to get through just this whole recovery process of learning things again and learning names again and all that kind of stuff. But as you mentioned earlier, you also started dating during that Quick time. Update. I was totally wrong. That wasn't Ty Pennington. That was a, you know, that other dude that did um, Shamwell. Slap chop. He was the guy that got all fucked up. Ty's fine. He lives in Florida. Stream home wake 
coming back in 2020. Proceed. <laughs> I was going to say that did not sound <laughs> right. Pennington in Florida? Oh, no. Yeah, he was, he's been helping Sears build houses since 2012. I don't know. He's good people. Sure. <laughs> I knew about the Shamwo guy. I knew about him. Is the Shamwell guy the same guy that does the ads for, um, what's that stuff you can like slap on the holes in your roof and it oh, prevents a flex That's seal? Dude. Flex seal guy is not Shamwell guy. No, they're different. No, they're all raised. They're all fueled by Coke though. Anyway, so your dating <laughs> life. <laughs> they're fueled not by fueled affiliate by money for sure. Oh my gosh. Um, so yes. Yeah. So you you said that you were engaged before your. So that means that how many may I ask this question? How much experience did you have prior to your um, accident, like dating experience, like getting to know somebody casually dating? So my only dating experience before, um, let's see, uh, I broke up. I broke up with my fiance twice, and the second time uh, for good in April of 2007. So you'd like to think in the two some, not quite two years from there, I would have learned plenty. Not really. Um, I didn't have, <laughs> not really. Um, I, uh, to say I did it casually is a very polite, you know, thing that- Were I'm you a how like we are? Were you Kim controlling it? I wish. Oh. I wish because she was the one in control of all those situations. And she's, uh, pulling that, plenty she's of the one that, but for Richard in season four, she's yeah. the one that called stop to when they were finished. So much respect, Samantha. What was her last name? Jones. Yes. Samantha Jones. <laughs> and she wears the crown like she ought to. Because you know that Charlotte probably was jonesing for that the entire time. Oh, 100%. <laughs> okay, so, so you, had two, you had two full years to, like, learn it. Well, I mean, not learn it, just as, it, know what you do and don't want, basically. You kind of sure. have it. Indeed. And yeah. then, And then your head gets messed with, and you have to kind of puzzle piece, Lego, Play-Doh yourself back together. And here's a lesson that I didn't have for many years. Someone is not always better than no one. Now that's the most obvious thing that anyone's probably said on the show ever. Which I no. no, probably not. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm relieved to know that. That's a really, that's a really difficult thing to be. I'm sorry, but and being able to say that. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue just fine. But at the end of the day, when you're trying to fall asleep and you're alone, that's not necessarily the case. As we all know. When, when did it start when people would say, when it would come up in conversation, like a bunch of married friends or coupled friends, and there's some one or two single people, and, you know, the, the knives start to come out within judgment and pity for the person that is, that's an unfortunate picture of me on there, um, a pity over the person that is um, single. And so there was a time when women particularly would announce that they were single by choice. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. we still do that. And 
I mean, I that's don't know. The movement. That's one of my favorite movements ever, by the way. I mean, I think, sure, post-breakup, yeah. I mean, you're, the only company you really want maybe is your own or your friends that will let you watch every season of Criminal Minds, just as a for instance, or <laughs> eat the same thing for dinner every night because it's delicious or you know the delivery guy or you can make it yourself and it's not expensive, whatever. My wise and brilliant brother said to me in the spring of the year that I was at my parents' house after I was hurt, he said, well, why don't you do online dating? And I glimpsed this after I ended it with my ex. And this is back when the only of these programs that existed, I think, was called Lava Life. Are you guys old enough to recall Lava Life? Mm -hmm. I don't recall Lava Life. I recall mm -hmm. like the first ones being the like eHarmonies and Christian Mingles. Lava Life came on around right around the time that 1-800-1900 numbers came up. Right, like Lava Life. Is oh, Lava if it was, the first. if they had a commercial during Love Connection, then I saw it. <laughs> Lava Life had commercials. Lava Life, I think, had commercials at 2.30 in the morning, you know, when they're showing yeah. reruns of Cheers and the first seasons of Seinfeld and stuff. Would you like to speak to somebody who cares? Call now. It's only three cents a minute. Six minutes. <laughs> well, only cost you $25. Oh, my God. Facts. <laughs> and so... Saucy Jingles are waiting for your call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean... What, my what, grandma did not do a good job raising me. When I was young, I was really <laughs> always in front of the TV around midnight to 5 a.m. I watched all that garbage. I did, too. I'll say this, though. Understand. I'll say this, though. If voice acting hired people that weren't already famous, you could be, you would, you could get your SAG card in a minute. Girl, do yeah. not threaten me with a good time. I would <laughs> never have to get ready. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's worth putting a reel together. Yeah, and I'm, well, offline, we, we shall discuss. <laughs> so, so I, I, I trust my brother and I decided who had far more experience dating and healthy like, real relationships. How old is your brother? Here's my junior. So at the time he was 30. Oh, so he was running it. I mean, yeah, I never knew my brother to have the kind of, is it, is it Mad Magazine? National Lampoon or worse than that stories about not even in a fun like you know those weird romance novels where it's always the same thing and it's always white people and it's they always use all these adjectives to make it sound like it's really beautiful and romantic and it's the same thing all the time <laughs> I trusted him I trusted him and I had you know I certainly looked for looked to connect with guys in Ohio and what I can say now, which I didn't realize at the time, was if the dictionary had had trying too hard as an actual word to define, I was living it. I wonder if there's a German word for that. Well, you see, it should sound like schadenfreude, which is so awesome. Of course, it's not this, but you know schadenfreude? No. Oh, yo, if, if anyone needs to know the meaning of schadenfreude, it's the Homance Chronicle Queens. Okay, let me let me get the actual <laughs> definition so I don't goof it, because oh. I'm, 
I don't want to, I don't want to casualize it because it's such a good word beyond being you know so fun to say. I will just say this. Schaden, okay, so, so when you feel schadenfreude, you feel happy or satisfied when something bad happens to someone else. Oh, is satisfaction or pleasure felt at yes. someone else. from somebody else's pain? That's so someone else is twisted and haha. I but I won't sad. cause that. I will never be the catalyst for that. I will just say that now. No, I mean it is so. In the literal translation, means Schaden means harm, and Freude is joy. You gotta love Germany, okay, for doing like literal words like that. Yeah, Schadenfreude. So. <laughs> So trying too hard, because here's the thing, when you don't know that you're worth anything and you don't think that you're worth anything, you're going to do all you can to pause it like you are, including finding out that a guy's vegan reportedly and going to three different grocery stores to find all the stuff needed to make a beautiful meal that's vegan. Question for you before you continue. Yes. Because that it. was definitely part of your book. What the flip the script a little bit. If you had been the guy in that situation and you had gone to somebody's house and they had done this recon and found out that you were almost or you were a vegan, how, how would you react to uh, the lack of information you provided versus the situation you came to? Oh, well, no, this. He had said he was. Okay. And I had no way. I, I mean, mean, I assume because all vegans do. Just kidding, I, I, I was not, not like, allowed. You know. I was not <laughs> permitted to drive I had to take driver's ed again in order to drive my car so I could not you know surreptitiously get to his house and kind of look through the window and see was he eating Pringles or was he eating kale chips you know I, I couldn't do that so, so does that mean that your mom drove you to all three grocery stores to find his vegan ingredients oh I'm sure I'm and then sure. she sit with your ass in the kitchen while you cooked his vegan ingredients because you know again how what kind of I mean, a first date is certainly better had, you know, like at a other venue and not someone's home because there's all kinds of listen. Understand before, before you go into this realm of how embarrassing it is to live with your parents and date. Trust you me, we are the generation of living with our parents and having to figure it the fuck out. Well, know this: my oh, parents had plans. I would never in a, my wildest dreams make this three-course meal to serve on my parents' patio with my parents present. What, how is that supposed to be? I mean, it was enough to be 34 and living at my parents' house with my own home that I own, <coughs> however many miles away. So that was, so to your question, again, had he thought I was stalking him and, you know, sneaking, sneakingly following to learn what he ate, I would have been freaked out and left. And that he wasn't. Red flag grateful or you know yeah this is cool thanks so much and maybe wanting to do a reciprocation or something because he knew if he learned that I liked ice cream or sushi or watching a movie that no one else likes but it is really good and I can't think of an example because I'm not sure I have one <laughs> that I like most people, I think the point is that he's just like inconsiderate and self-centered is that well, the if i mean this is the thing if there's not really a good way to inquire early in a relationship in quotation marks because that's really what this one was you we know, call those situationships i love it um copyright.gov okay put that one online 
Well, we didn't come up with it, but <laughs> we just live it. Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> there's really no, there's really no good way to say, hey, so are we gonna hang? Are we gonna possibly fall in love? Are we gonna go look to be exclusive? You know how? I don't know if there's any way to, you know, from the jump to learn. Do we want the same thing? Oh, As Nicole, I would not. Huh? <laughs> She's got a list of questions that she runs through. I don't have a list of questions. I have a I have a list of characteristics and qualities and values sure. that I want somebody to have, but I don't have a list of questions. Pardon me. She's got that's, a list. No, that I mean stems. that's wise. Because well, I'll say this. Also causes her to ask questions. She have kids. How old are they? Those types of things. What do you want out of this relationship? What are you trying to do? She asks those questions. Well, because she is like 10 years younger than me and she is asking those questions, she may have like a really wonderful story for Martha Stewart weddings sooner than <laughs> later as a result or far less time in therapy as a result. <laughs> All I know is this, if, Nicole, if you have a list like that and you're comfortable to share it, then people better wake the heck up and realize that they are talking with someone that is really important. And it is gonna be their joy and their honor to date them. And if they don't feel that, then they can get the hell out because tomorrow's not promised. Right, I'm with you. And that's kind of reflective of how you're, you are saying like that you get to do things versus people getting to spend time with you. I mean, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing that correctly, but- so it's the same thought process in my mind. Like I'm, my time is valuable. I think I'm a good catch. I'm looking for my equal. If you're not it, never mind. One of our, one of our family's good friends gave me a spectacular book for my birthday that summer. And it's by the remarkable author and radio host, Regina Brett. She's based in Cleveland. Her show is on NPR. She's also, I think in Pittsburgh. And her book is called God Never Blinks. 50 Lessons for Life's Little Detours. And in her book, she's very candid about the things that were unexpected that came up, breast cancer, um, a child whose uh, father didn't wanna be part of things, and a number of things with work, and how she could create a method, a means, a process to live her life with hardly any regret, very little self-hatred, and guilt that can occur when we are forced to start from one. And one of the chapters in this book talks about how post, I think that it is related to her cancer recovery and her um, came and cleaned on her diet when, um, after chemo and radiation and everything, that she realized that she got to go to church. She got to see a movie. She got to hang with her friends. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I extrapolated gratitude. And so gratitude is what kept me out of jail, out of bad fights with most people, though as in the book you've seen, there were at least some fights that were ugly. And I wish so much that I could have attached to my gratitude some feeling of self-worth, which I didn't. And maybe I wasn't supposed to because I was supposed to go through all of that. And something I talked about with a post a couple years ago, 
there's the dark and there's the heart. And maybe I had to be in the dark for a while because the majority of my life had been pretty easy. And for a lot of us, read white people, that is the truth. I mean, the stuff that's been tricky in my life has either been caused by me or related to me. Or an ambulance. Papa? A ambulance. What is an ambulance? An ambulance. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know what she was trying to say either. It was like she came out of. It's like she came out of Atlanta with some sort of jacked up weird Southern accent that's not representative of Atlanta, but I'm just trying to indicate that she just all of a sudden transported herself to the South to say ambulance. Oh my God. I mean, look, if, no, she's, feeling, if she's feeling the ATL, I can do nothing but support that. And she's smart. <laughs> so I'm not about to question what she's saying. Like it's not real because she's really smart. And I am <laughs> real cool to be all, what can I learn from you? Cause that's partially why I'm doing so. Uh. You guys, that was just actually a product of a lack of socialization. I don't know if you noticed or not, but <laughs> <That's> weird. <laughs> ever. I don't do it oh, anymore. <laughs> I listen, I'm, I'm subscribed to your show. There's no lack of socialization. What ifs? I don't know what I'm doing. Try harder. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> I, call, I, call non, I call nonsense on that, Sarah. Nonsense. Uh, well, so, so as we like start wrapping things up here. Sure. Is there um, something that you learned, I guess, while you were trying to date post uh, injury that you have kept with you this whole time now, many years later, that you think is like your little, I don't know, golden nugget of wisdom that you use when you go on dates now? I have the, the aha moments that I generated over several years of the shoots and ladders game that was my dating life. This is, I mean, the first is the most obvious. And those of us that have worked retail know what this is. Manage expectations. That's really important. Don't show up thinking this is going to be really awesome or really awful. Just as alkaline as you can be with it. And then uh, something that I still see in with people in general is assumptions. Assumptions will only shift or dissolve if the person who has them wants them to go away. Mm-hmm. If you meet if so you meet a guy and he went to a Ivy school or he works whatever or he, you know, talks about working out all the time and you kind of modulated this um avatar of a person who think that that's what they're going to be and then they're not, if you can't release the, what you thought they might be, then you're really not being fair either to him or to you. Right. And we have, we, everyone has the right to change their mind. You know, I mean, I don't think it's cool to stand someone up when you like saw them across the street and then decided not to show up. And if we don't, if, if Did that happened to you, yes, more than once. Oh yeah. You caught somebody. You can the second tell. Time, I mean, that, the, what, the, the aftermath of the second time, um, that's an offline story because it's beyond not safe for work. And the most important thing that I learned that I am every day trying to hold on to and really, really believe is that I am worthy of being with whoever I feel is all the attributes and all the things that mean something to you in the best, truest, most heartfelt ways. I do have a, I mean, and uh, the, uh, the question that I have that I've never been able to answer 
and I'm ask I want to ask it here on the Homance Chronicles because right. this is how this is how problems get solved is when you ask the question the publicly today. in front of the queens of the Homance. If the first date is so good, or the second date, third date, etc., why do they ghost? And is it that absent an answer, do you blame yourself? Do you feel relieved? Do you dig deep to figure out why? Is it all of those? And ultimately, you trust that better is out there? Question mark. Forever, I will probably ponder this. I care much less than I used to. At the same time, I think ghosting is a lazy person's gambit. It's ridiculous. I think it's cowardless. Frequent. Or cowardly. Cowardly. Um, yeah. If you if if you want my two cents. Oh no, um, I I wouldn't have asked the question if I didn't. <laughs> so, um, but so I do my those, experience so okay. with ghosting is interesting because I feel like it's become more <laughs> of a problem. Actually, the older that I get, or maybe it's just the more that people are doing online dating because when I was in my twenties, it was still kind of new. And I think people were still trying to figure it out. But now that it's been around for a long time, I am quickly learning that just because you're dating and you're older, it doesn't mean that you're a better communicator. And my, Facts. my thoughts were that if you're, dating worse, you're older, that you would be able to talk about things a little bit better, but apparently not. No, they um, just were never given tools. Because it's a choice. It's a choice. Right. And if someone's embarrassed because they thought you looked hot, speaking for me, of course, and, you know, turns out you're chubbier than you are in the pictures that they saw because, you know, you didn't Photoshop things, but whatever. Um, then, all right. Like I said earlier about assumptions, if you really think the person's cool and this is not a, I don't know, bucket list or but for then i mean are you think what are you thinking with it ain't your head and it ain't your heart right what i know is this i mean some of the guys that i went out with once or twice are now such good friends i mean and i'm so grateful that everyone each of us felt that or wanted someone actually was still in love with their previous girlfriend now they are married and they're you know amazing people and I mean, I never would have thought that dating dating was a terrific way to become friends. And I'm sure when I was younger, like younger, younger, I would not have thought that, you know, doesn't work, your friends. Because it sounds kind of leave it to beaver or Brady Bunch, whatever. At the same time, I would never have met some of these guys that are some of my really true friends had we not gone out. Yeah, see, I don't have any friends from failed dating attempts. I pretty much am done with them. I think that's a very Virgo thing of me to just be like, you're no good to me. Well, but maybe she doesn't material. She, but maybe they're not friend they material. Serve her a purpose. Well, if they don't serve her a, a purpose, it's like not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah but right. so what I had to learn, though, in in the realm of ghosting and how frequently it happens because you start thinking, like, I'm the only common denominator here, right? Mm. But it is not anything, it's not anything to do about you. No. And it's the universe's way of just keeping that person from either taking up more of your time or from you repeating a previous mistake. And I've just had to, yes, to your point, put trust and faith in the fact that the universe knows 
who's going to be the right person for me and to thank basically for whatever caused the ghosting. Thank you for not allowing this person to continue to waste my time. But (laughs) there's been certain situations where if I did have a really good date, a second or third date or something, and you're wondering like, what the fuck? Like there, there was chemistry, there was a connection, blah, blah, blah. I've asked actually. And so in my most recent experience, which was just like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, I had a great time with this guy and each date lasted like many, many hours. Yeah. And he was very attractive and he checked a lot of boxes. And so then when he, when his behavior changed after the second date where he was no longer initiating the text, I was like, fucking A, because like now I can pick up on it. Now I know. Mm-hmm. And... So I asked, I just texted him one day, like, how's it going? And he didn't respond. (laughs) Well, and so he didn't respond. So I was like, that was my test. Like, I already kind of knew it, right? And so then when he didn't respond, the next day I texted him and I was like, obviously you're ghosting me. That's totally fine. I'm a big girl. Good for you. Yeah, I was like, I'm a big girl, though. I can handle the feedback. Like, I'm confused because I thought we hit it off. And we, our dates went really well. And then he took the entire day to craft a message back to me, basically to tell me that he wasn't over his last relationship and didn't feel comfortable dating again. So here's my thought process. There's two, two lines of thought here. We have a throwaway society right now. You know what I mean? People who are, yeah, oh, whatever, I'll just pitch it. It's no big deal. Those are trash human beings. Because they're not looking into the future. They're not thinking about the long game. They're there for the short game. But you know what's interesting, though, about this unique situation? Because I do agree with you. um, Is that he was asking me so many serious questions about the future is what made it very confusing. So the second part of ghosting is just that. They have not learned how to communicate what's actually going on on the inside. He clearly had feelings for his ex. And he was definitely comparing you guys when you guys were on your second date. And whatever future plans he thought he had with her, he was asking you and comparing the answers. Cosine. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just saying she was allowed. She was, I don't think you're wrong. Two responses. First, Nicole, the confidence that you either had or have come up with over so time to identify fairly quickly that this is, these are not your words, they're mine. This guy's not worthy of you. Mm-hmm. Huge. Huge. It's been a lot, like of a lot of therapy. The upset you spare yourself, the upset you spare yourself, the regret you decline by knowing that, amazing. Yeah. And picking up on what you were saying, Sarah, I went out with no less than four or five guys who all of them are now married. And I am confident that several of them were uh, out to, to the point you were making, you know, Kind of test the waters and see how good they had it Plan or B. how good they have it. Yep. And if some, and I am not upset with, you know, someone for having, you know, hung out with me and, you know, turns out they end up with someone else. That's fine. One of the things that I, I one of the ways to try to make positive from dates that seem to go great and then either it's ghost or it's finished, suggesting the best places you know concert venues restaurants clubs art experiences outdoor events the date may suck 
but the food, the beverage experience <laughs> is awesome. I'm with you. It's really important if if a guy you know doesn't want to you know doesn't want to you know type A it and or a girl and you know call out where you're gonna meet and what it's gonna be and they put it on you. Choose the places that you love or that the places that you've not been to that you want to go to. I do that all the time. Well, do it. And, you know, I'm so happy. I mean, that is like my PSA for dating in the tri-state area or the boroughs (laughs) of New York. I mean, oh, I never knew about this. Well, now you do. And, oh, my God, that burger's so good. I know there was a place to see concerts here. I'm like. You live in New Jersey, so you would might not know Brooklyn, but I don't care for New Jersey at all. I don't like it. Jersey's Jersey is not as Jersey's- large as Pennsylvania, but there's so much variety in New Jersey. In fact, when you guys come to New York, among the things we will do is I will get a car, I will drive us to Asbury Park, and you will have one of the best baked goods of your entire life at Kimmy Massey's Confections of a Rock Star. I totally believe it, but I think. <laughs> I, I firmly believe that all of my encounters with New Jersey have just been dumpster fire worthy. So I'm not into it. But I'm sure. Well, no one's talking about gems. dating there. We're talking about talk- going shopping for the best off price in the tri-state in Bergentown Center sure in Brambles. And the whole fucking state. The entire goddamn state. What a, that's so unfortunate. I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> eat there. I'm saying shop there. Eat there. I don't. I'm giving it. I every time I've ever, I've ever. Jersey and I have a relationship. It's complicated. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> we need to get like Judge Judy in here. The life after lockup people. Sarah, you're the only one who can change your own assumptions. Oh, <gasps> <Ooh. Pardon> you. <laughs> I have no assumptions. I have factual evidence. <laughs> so long as it's not medical evidence, okay? That's. <laughs> Well, um, we have thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show. So much. Thank you. And every show we end with an add a girl, which is just, I mean, I feel like this whole episode has been an add a girl to ourselves, which is needed. Um, You got to come out of quarantine strong. Earned it. Yes. And you earned it. So we just, we say something that we're proud of ourselves about because a lot of the times we're sharing things that are maybe not, not so proud moments, maybe not. So I don't, I mean, I don't want to put anybody on the spot. I got it. I think Sarah, Sarah's up for it though. I think she grunts first in line for it though. Yeah. Okay. What's your atta girl, Sarah? Okay. I'm really proud of myself. Um, so I've been working this whole quarantine, right? And I am. Um, ADHD like a motherfucker. And when your own home is your realm to work, you just, it, you know, it seeps into your work life. It's very difficult to separate the laziness that comes from being at home all the time. And um, I've figured out a routine that allows for me to be exceptionally productive in my home, even with my cats tootling around. So... Yeah, add a girl for me. Damn, can we add, I just like, figured out this week. I don't know, like it's a, it's been a while. I've been doing this for a minute, and I'm finally in my groove, and I'm happy about well, it. You, well, you know why? Because it, things don't happen on time; they happen in time. Right. <laughs> um, besides add a girl, I mean, do you get extra points for a TED talk? Because maybe, <laughs> maybe what you come up with 
for how to kind of kick ass working at home, that's TED Talk material, and I'm not being. I, I would not advocate what I'm doing for anybody. <laughs> All right, offline, we'll discuss. Copious amounts of coffee and just. You you say this, but we we shall revisit. Oh well, my Atta girl for this week is that. I have owned my home for about two and a half years and hated the out, the outside color of it. And can I am I finally getting the exterior painted. Can I reference the color? Yeah. Peppa the pig. Familiar with that character? But Peppa's that pink. But Peppa's pink. My house is pink. Are you familiar with that character? Yes. yes. Take that palette, making it a little bit whiter, not as pink. Like carnation? Sort of. It, it's like but a beigey like taupe pink color. It's like this color right here. <laughs> it's more peachy than anything else, but I get yeah. you. Yeah, no. Right. It's just pig in Hawaii. Pepe the pig in Hawaii. Looks, her, her house is the color of skin. It's white people fair skin colored is the name. It's her house well, it is, color. It is Michigan. So it does look. I'm just so happy you're painting it because now I can talk shit about it. No, you've always talked shit about it despite <laughs> my... Despite my uncomfortableness with the color of it, you've still continued to nail that nail into the board. I uh, I haven't until now been so open about my distaste for the color of that house. But you, but it's not it's white. A beautiful home. It was just an unfortunate color. Not anymore though. Not anymore. Not not anymore. Now it's serious gray. <laughs> she's got the Nicole touch on it. What's what's the what's the color called? Serious gray. Serious. So very good. Love it. Oh yeah, we we picked the adorable. nightclub, the nightclub gray, the one we picked originally. You know, the one that's like all hoey, most expensive one. You know why? Because there's a lot of blue in it. I think. Who knows? Not that I all know. We know. No. No, I don't. But no. So I, you know, you can't really tell how the color is gonna look when it's on your phone, right? And. So when my painter came and like put some on the house, I was like, let's see how serious this gray is. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. So he either worked in advertising or some kind of affiliate sales before doing the paint store because, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Serious. Wow. And not the video station. That's so good. That's so good. I, this quarantine has been fairly punny, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some tremendous puns from this one. Remarkable. What, what is punny about Sirius Grey? The caller's name is Sirius Grey. Oh, it is? Oh, I thought the guy was saying, let's see how serious it is. Oh, I thought, I he, was saying, I thought he was adjectiving it. Oh, no, God. I was oh, adjectiving no. it to him. Yes. Oh, my God. The color was titled Serious Gray, and then is she it, used is it, it. Is it bare? Vehicle for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And did he get it, or was he kind of, yeah, so it's got primer in it, too, so <laughs> you need to think about it. Get it? No, he got it. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, well, I think we're out of time. So um, do, no, I have to, do I have to do it at a girl? You don't well, have to, but you should. 
you can also just plug your book and where people can find information about you because that's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, at oh, a girl. To, to find me? Not really. Only if no. Oh. Only if <laughs> your accomplishments, you turd. So my book, my book ah. is Believe It and Behave It, How to Restart, Reset, and Reframe Your Life. And it is available in independent stores and on every single digital platform around the world, as well as on Audible and iTunes and every way to print it, every way to have it on a device that is not your television. And my website, kateharvey.com, K-A-T-E-H-A-R-V is in Victor, I-E. Uh, on there, you learn about me, look at my media, learn about the book, read the stuff that I write, see the work that I do. And, oh, I have an a girl. I am, with so much experience being by myself when it's not my choice, I decided in March when we were quarantined globally, depending on where we lived, that I had an opportunity to learn how to be a specific kind of supportive to my friends and colleagues that don't have the experience of being by themselves and it's not their choice. And I think I have become a better listener uh, when people need to wail and vent about what's going on. And while I have little to no answers and certainly very few, if any, things to suggest to make better, you know, how kids doing school at home is difficult and what it's like when, you know, I have real empathy for, for a good friend of mine who lost her job, I think about a week before all the quarantining started. I mean, that's awful. I'm choosing, I'm trying to help people. This is more difficult than I would like it to be for people to try to turn what feels like a failure into a humble because the failures we flip, you know, we're going to build on them and make something better afterwards. It takes a while to get to that though. So mm -hmm. if we can, you know, okay, this happened. Let me process it. If what, did I like it? Did I hate it? I need to release it and gear up my energy for what comes next. So that's my added girl for me. And I love it. Thanks. That's huge. Listening is very difficult. It as can a Gemini. be. Can be. As really? a Gemini, it's very difficult. I find it that if it's not somebody that I care about, it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have to care about <laughs> you. Yeah. This is the thing. I, for me, if a person's intent when we're talking is only to talk and they have no interest in a dialogue and there shall be no conversation and they've kind of run through all their friends and colleagues who are worn out from listening to them so much and they're too cheap to go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it is that and they have no interest in a dialogue, I have learned polite, distinct, significant ways to shut that down. <laughs> Check it out. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Charlie Murphy said it, tomorrow's not promised. And if more people did not realize that, I mean, no, for real, he, I took a friend to see him on his tour not long before he died. And he says that in Caroline's comedy. And I kind of sat back in my chair because I'd never heard it. And I thought, I mean, yes, it's an obvious thing. At the same time, for people that have struggled, gone through difficult things, dealt with loss. I mean, it helps us to remember that, Let's make today really good. Absolutely. You guys, that, you guys do that with this podcast. No joke. I mean, there's so much clarity that we get when people are candid. And I mean, 
laughter lifts people up. And oh yeah, we we say this podcast is like our therapy. I mean, we we also have regular therapy, but this is therapeutic for us as well. <laughs> Same therapist, it's fine. <laughs> so long as you don't go to the sessions together, because you, can you imagine? No, not yet. How could that even? How could that even be? Man, I don't know. Really fun, the wrong therapist. That lady is amazing. The wrong therapist would pit you against each other. So oh. I heard Sarah yeah, say was such and such. And so you seem to feel like you, your face said that you were responding to me, you know, that kind of manipulative nonsense, because that happens. It does. Thankfully, so, we have, our therapist is like this wonderful human being who's just this, she brings a lot of clarity and stuff. And she's like Nicole in a sense, because she's like, yeah, that's dumb, isn't it? And you're like, well, yeah, actually, that is fucking dumb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, she brings everything and just clarifies it makes it real salient that is dumb yeah <laughs> but here's the thing i mean that's that's a legit integrity-based provider of the care i mean only someone that's in it for the money and maybe the you know pharmaceutical benefit we, would draw out mental go ahead can we, can we start calling mental health the care when Some people need to go get mental health help <laughs> they have to go get the care I don't think that helps not have a a, a bad reputation or a poor. Uh, Depends on how you position it, I suppose. Because I think when I hear that, I feel like it's that's a that's a term that's being used because someone's embarrassed to say what it's really yeah. like. Yeah, me too. Part of the aisles at the drugstore that only you know older people end up going to, or you only have to go to when you're like something that we don't want to talk about is happening. Really. Right? Yes, to me that sounded like even more shameful. Yeah, that sounded even more like. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm like all encompassing, very sterile, standardized the care. That's where I'm. No, it sounds it. like a scary <laughs> movie, and that the world's gonna end. And you know why? Or the thing that you're embarrassed about that Nurse Ratchet's gonna do, and you have to be strapped down to get it. Or M Night Shyamalan's coming around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's the, inc- maybe it's the inclusion of the word the, you know, kind <laughs> of, because if you say uh, I have to, I have to go deal with care, that's something else. But if you say I have to go, I have to go work out the care, dun, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's matter. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the perfect place for us to say, thank you, Kate. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, audience. Homeland's oh, Peace out. Thank you. So you can see Kate uh, on kateharvey.com and find all of her stuff um, anywhere that you can download books. And you can um, probably follow her on some social media, I'm guessing. The socials uh, for brand consistency, and I encourage this to all people, have the same handle for all the stuff. I know that's a name. <laughs> It. So I am I am Gloss Gal on all the on the all the platforms and that G L O S S G A L. Thank Perfect. you guys again so much. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you for I, sharing your story and being candid and open and allowing for us to make a little bit of fun of your situation. It's well, fun. I mean, it cannot be though. So appreciate you for that. Thank you. Thanks.